0: Okay, we're going to study now from Colossians chapter 3. This is going to be one of those challenging one another statements that we find in the scriptures. I've looked at several of these with you over the past several months. I haven't really presented that as something that I was doing, but that is something that I've, I've been doing. And the New Testament really, in so many ways, is about relationships, and it's about relationships that brothers and sisters in Christ have with one another, and have you ever wondered why that is the case? Let, let's read this, and, and, and then I'll, I'll come back and, and explain to you why I asked that question, but in, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12, the author states first, so as those who have been chosen of God, chosen of God, you, you've been saved. Holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Have you ever wondered why there is so much of that in the Bible? And it's not just at this place. It's in other places as well. Why, why do we have to keep harping on this, this relationship thing in Scripture? Perhaps it's because it is such a challenge. It is so difficult for us to stay where we really need to be in terms of our relationship one with another. We see that in marriage. We see that in relationships we have with people that we go to work with every day. We shouldn't be surprised that the same thing is going to happen in a local church. And if we are actually spending time with one another, if we're actually doing that, then there's going to be some bumps in the road. There's going to be some some conflicts. And that's why we have so many of these passages that speak to the one another relationship that we are to have in the local church. Now think about the statement, bearing with one another. It's similar to a statement that's found over in the book of Galatians that we are to bear one another's burdens. But this is not about bearing one another's burdens. This is about bearing with one another. And what that says is that sometimes we're not very good at that. We're not patient. We're not compassionate. We don't exercise kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. We don't forgive each other. We don't bear with one another the way that we should. What does it take to get to that place? Well, I I would suggest first it takes as he has already mentioned here in this passage, it takes a a, a spirit of patience. Patience. I can't bear with people if I can't learn to be patient with them. And what that says is, even though there are going to be times when we might get a little sideways with one another, I might say something you disagree with, you may say something I disagree with. We're still going to bear with one another. We're still going to be patient because we understand how important it is. The language of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore to you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. See that again? Those who have been chosen of God, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, Ephesians 4 and verse 1, walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance. And that's another way of saying bearing with one another. Showing tolerance for one another in in love. Is there anything about that that sounds easy? You know, the easiest thing we do is what we're doing right now. It's coming and sitting in a building. It's coming and listening to the preaching. It's singing songs of praise. It's partaking of the Lord's Supper. We're not interacting other than singing to one another, having fellowship with one another, but we're not talking about the pandemic we're not talking about politics now we'll save that for le- later and that's when this bearing with one another comes into the picture isn't it and, and maybe i shouldn't use that i mean after all who, who, who really disagrees on how to handle the pandemic i mean goodness i've never seen so much unity in all my life have you <laughs> you know you want to you want to blow up a gathering of peace You just walk in and you throw something out there about what you think. And even the people who agree with you, if you talk about it long enough, you're going to be arguing over it. And I know that really hasn't affected brothers and sisters in Christ. We really don't have any disagreements on that, do we? (laughs) It takes patience. And again, going back to Colossians chapter 3, you you, you see, and I I know this is being redundant, but he uses the word patience there immediately before the statement, bearing with one another. It takes patience. And what that means is, it's not always going to happen on my time schedule. And we may never agree. We, We may always have some dispute about matters of judgment, And all I ever may be able to do is to continue to endure and to be patient. But isn't that the way God is with us? I mean, are are you perfect? Are you living every day sinlessly? Does, Does God look at you and think, wow, what an amazing disciple? What an amazing saint? This guy never has a bad dog. This, this woman never has a... Does God look at you that way? In 1 Timothy chapter 1, I, I like the uh, attitude of the Apostle Paul. He writes in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, It's a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And this is what he's talking about when he says it's a trustworthy statement among whom I am foremost of all. Yeah, for the, this reason I found mercy so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. What's one thing that's said about God over and over again in the, in the scriptures? He's long-suffering. He's long-suffering. He suffers long. With who? With us. We see God's patience. We study the life of Jesus and we see the patience of God in the way that Jesus interacted with his disciples. He didn't mince words. He would call them to task for their lack of faith, yet he never stopped believing in them. When they were traveling through Samaria, the sons of thunder, they wouldn't accept them in their town. And they said, Can you notice this call down lightning from heaven? Don't you think that would be appropriate at this point? And Jesus said, You don't know what spirit you're, you, you're of. I didn't come to destroy, I came to save. To bear with one another is what Jesus does with us. And that requires a spirit of, of patience. And very similarly, it re- requires a desire to forgive. We just saw the statement back in Colossians chapter 3 about forgiving one another. Have you ever wondered why it is in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus was teaching his disciples about how to pray, of all the things, of all the things that Jesus could have said in terms of the the relationships that we have with one another, the one thing he brought into that model prayer was forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. It is a sin, it is a sin that when we go to God and ask Him to forgive us, that we're doing that all the time with one another. And then He says in verse 14 of Matthew chapter 6 if you forgive others for their transgressions, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. It can't get any plainer than that. My desire to forgive is an expression of my willingness to bear with others. God's willingness to forgive me over and over and over and over again is an expression of His perfect Patience. It is an expression of His desire to tolerate me, to bear with me, because my God wants me to be saved. And He doesn't ever want me to forget that I'm in this huge boat with a bunch of sinners, and I need to be willing to forgive them if I expect him to forgive me. In Matthew chapter 18, again, this is a a chapter that we're familiar with in, in terms of the exercise of church discipline. But have you ever noticed or ever considered how that if we're going to properly do this, that is exercise church discipline within the local fellowship, we're going to have to have this attitude that we're going to bear with one another. And we're going to have to have this spirit of patience. And we're going to have to have this desire to to forgive. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. Well, that's going to take some patience. And that's going to be willing for us, too, to bear with one another. If he listens to you, you've won your brother. But what if he doesn't? If he does not listen to you, verse 16, take one or two more with you, so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. Now we've got a discussion. It's not just me and the sinner. It's me and other sinners talking about a brother's sin. Now we've got a discussion. What if he doesn't listen to us? If he doesn't listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Do you see how this is impossible if we're not willing to bear with one another, if we don't have a spirit of patience, if we don't have a a desire to forgive, we're never going to be able to go to that place. And maybe that's why in so many churches. It just never happens because we know we're not going to be able to hold it together to get through this thing. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus said that it was inevitable that stumbling blocks come. But woe to him through whom they come. This is a brother who causes another brother to sin. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he would cause one of these little ones to stumble. But if that happens, if we have that situation, verse 3, be on your guard. If your brother sins, if he causes you to stumble, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Bear with him. Be patient. Have a desire to forgive. If he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive him. See, that's that desire to forgive. And that's what we saw in the life of Jesus when he was on the cross And he looked out at the multitudes who were shouting crucify him. He looked at the Roman soldiers who were responsible for his pain. And he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Now I will say, I don't believe they were forgiven until they repented. Because that's the formula. But the desire to forgive on the part of Jesus, being the persecuted one, was there. He was willing to bear with mankind in his sins, and so too should I. And this leads us to the last point, and that is this this takes some work. Let me tell you something. If you're practicing easy Christianity, you need to stop it. Easy Christianity is, I want enough religion, and this is what it looks like. I'll be at church every now and then. But I don't really want to get to know you. I don't want to reach out. I want to be served. You don't bring food to me when when I'm sick. I'm going to complain about it. But don't expect me to get involved. Don't don't expect me to be the one who actually reaches out and helps somebody. I'm here for you. You are to serve me. (laughs) You know, if that's your attitude toward Christianity... You're missing it, my friend. It takes some effort. It takes getting out of one's comfort zone. It takes showing up every now and then and crawling out of the basement of life. It takes a willingness to work. And again, we see that in Ephesians 4, don't we? Remember what we're doing in Ephesians 4. We're walking in a manner worthy of the calling with which we have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent, diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Why do I have to be diligent? Because it's not easy. Because it takes work. Let's go back to our original passage and let's read it again and ask ourselves the question, is this, is this easy? Is this a life of ease when it comes to being a child of God? Those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion. Is that easy? Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Well, I'm very kind. I don't have to talk to people to be kind. I don't have to have relationships to be kind. I can be kind in my my own little bubble. No, you can't. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. That's work, isn't it? And it takes a willingness in order to make those things happen. Local churches that practice one another Christianity, and this is a lifelong goal for all of us, local churches that practice one another Christianity those are solid churches those are churches that stand the test of time it doesn't matter what's going on out out in the world those relationships are going to keep those local churches moored it's going to keep them solid it's going to keep them together And isn't that what love really calls us to do? Doesn't it take work to truly love somebody? I'm not talking about just feeling good about a person that looks good. I'm talking about feeling good about a person that doesn't always look good, that doesn't always act good, that isn't always kind, that that isn't always thinking about what's best for you. Love is patient. Love is patient love is kind. It's not jealous. It does not brag. It's not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. It never fails. Have you ever read that passage and walked away asking yourself the question, have I ever really loved anybody? I mean, when I look at that description of love, have I really ever loved anybody? It takes work, doesn't it? It takes work. This is a time. God has blessed us. Let's, let's see the silver lining in the cloud. God has blessed us with so many opportunities because of the events of the last three years. We're going into the third year of this to just prove what we're made of. Let's just just see it for perhaps what it is. It's an opportunity for us to just shine in a way that we never have before. It's, It's easy to shine when everything's perfect, which never happens, but things just happen to be a little bit more challenging now than they have been in years past. But what an opportunity to just bear with one another. And you know, it's an opportunity not just within the the walls of this church building, but to, to bear with other people too. Be nice at, at the drive-thru. Don't you just love it when you go through one of those drive-thrus and, and somebody acts strangely nice? I mean you go through and, and, and what what's up with you? You're you're being unusually nice today. You ever go through a drive thru and and you get up to pay and, and they tell you well, the person in the car ahead of you just paid for your meal. Has that ever happened to you? How many people have ever had that happen to them? Look at that. Have you ever done it for somebody yeah. else? Now, you've got to look in your mirror to make sure it's not like a caravan back there. You know, that's just something good to do. Shed a little sunshine in the world. Does the world need it? There's a lot of people out there that are just tired. They're, they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. They're sick and tired of other people being sick and tired. And it's not because they're lacking in compassion. They just want a little sunshine. Well, let's just bear with one another. Let's bear with others. If you're here today and you never obey the gospel, as I said earlier, man, the Lord's bearing with you. (laughs) He's putting up with you and your sinfulness. But he's long-suffering, and he's patient, and he's kind. He wants you. He wants me to be saved. Jesus didn't come to condemn. Jesus came to say. If you're here this morning and you want to be saved, you want to be delivered by the blood of Christ, confess your faith, repent of your sins, and then allow us to assist you this morning so that you can be baptized and have those sins washed away. Come as we stand and cold.